AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. A volatile week to start the new year, but sellers were clearly in control of the grain markets. Live cattle tried to hold steady this week, but slipped lower after mid-morning. And the leader to the downside of all the ag markets this week, yeah, you know it, lean hogs. Live from the first, last work day of the week since last year via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Dan Bossy from Ag Resource Company. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. You know, I'm getting a little weary of it, but uh, the voting in the House continues. I I think there have been it's either 14 or 15 of those that had been voting for someone other than uh-huh. Kevin McCarthy have flipped and have now voted for Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy's total is now above that of Hakeem Jeffries. Oh, Uh, okay. Okay. But it's still not a majority of the votes. Mm. There are still six that are, quote, unquote, holding out uh, and, and not willing to vote for McCarthy at this point, and therefore, we do not, uh, we still don't have a, a, a Speaker of the House. We don't have uh, a House that that is in session. Uh, we've got, uh, there. there is some work that needs to be done. And, you know, we said this this morning on the Free For All, Davis, and I'm going to say it again right mm-hmm. now. Say it again. I, I, I understand. I understand why there is a lot of hand wringing going on, and a lot of um, trying to figure out exactly what this might mean for the for the oper- how the house operates going forward. Mm-hmm. But the conversations that are happening because of what is happening in the house, mm-hmm. I think, are all worth it. Make it worth it. They are talking about some very, very serious issues that will change, hopefully, will change the way that the House operates. Uh, Some fiscal responsibility may actually be forced by this process, but these are deals that were cut with McCarthy and with the GOP. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the I think... I think the only way to make these negotiated changes, these concessions, the only way to make them stick is if McCarthy is the speaker. Okay. So, so it's uh, Conway said it. Uh, former Representative Mike Conway said it so well yesterday. You know, the group that is forcing the negotiation, the concessions, the changes mm-hmm. in the rules of how how the House will conduct business, have won. All they need to do now is claim victory and make McCarthy the uh, the speaker. 
it's it's a fascinating process. And I've heard this uh, heard this a couple of times from some of the commentators. You know, I guess it's true. Sometimes you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It Hard is crazy, 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 crazy. Beautiful day out there. It's a little chilly. A little chilly up here. Is it? But is it? man, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a little chilly down here too. It's like forty something. It's yeah. awful. Hard awful. to bear. Yeah, uh, twenty-one degrees up here in the far north. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, the let's north get to country. What you, yeah, the north country. <laughs> let's get to the news. Chip Wheat Futures favored the downside with SRW Futures fractionally mixed in late trade. March soft red wheat futures traded on both sides of 754, a third consecutive day, but once again failed to find much buying interest above that pivotal level. Wheat export sales in the weekend of December 29 of just 47,000 metric tons were well below trade expectations. Net sales for the 23-24 marketing year beat sales for the current marketing year and totaled 97,000 metric tons. There is some optimism. Changing weather patterns will increase rain chances for the central and southern plains this spring. But for the time being, dry conditions are limiting selling interest in HRW wheat futures. March hard red winter wheat futures, seven and three quarter cents lower at 832. March soft red wheat slipped three and one quarter cents, 743 and a half. March spring wheat closed at 901 and three quarters down seven and one quarter cents. Chip. On the week, March SRW down 48 and a half cents, March HRW down 56 cents, and March spring wheat down 37 cents. Export sales of corn in the weekend of December 29 totaled just over 319,000 metric tons. That was also below trade expectations. Old crop sales were led by Mexico, Honduras, and Japan. The lack of demand for U.S. corn from China continues to cap upside price potential in corn. USDA this morning also announced the sale of nearly 90,000 metric tons of old crop corn and the sale of more than 22,000 tons of new crop corn to Mexico. March corn futures opened slightly higher and rallied to test buying interest above yesterday's high. The lack of momentum pulled sellers back to the market and pulled prices back to the opening range. March corn futures were a penny and one quarter higher, 654. May corn up one and one half to 654. July corn futures closed at 648 and one quarter. That's up one and one half cents. Chip? All right. Uh, on the week, March corn down 24 and a half cents. July corn down 23 and a quarter cents. Exporters reported the sale of 721,000 metric tons of beans in the weekend of December 29. That was at the low end of trade expectations. USDA also made daily export sales announcements of 132,000 metric tons of U.S. beans for delivery to unknown destinations in the current marketing year. March soybean meal futures posted a new contract high and closed above the previous contract high. Soybean oil futures also traded higher with the March contract posting an inside day with a low-range open and a high-range close. Gains in the product markets helped March bean futures post a low-range open and a high-range close. March beans were 21 and three quarter cents higher, but 14.92 and a half. May beans up 21 cents, 14.98 and one half. July soybeans closed at 15.01 and three quarters, up 20 and three quarter cents. Chip. March and July soybeans on the week down 31 and one half cents. Cotton export sales in the last reporting week of 2022 totaled 39,600 running bales. That was unimpressive. But March futures opened steady and near session lows, then rallied sharply to close near session highs. 
March cotton futures up 310 points, Chip, 85.68. Yeah, and on the week, up 231 points in March cotton. February fat cattle futures opened nearly steady and traded slightly higher at mid-morning on expectations of firm cash cattle bids. Traders got tired of waiting for the cash market to firm, and front-month futures fell to a low-range close. February live cattle, 57 and one-half lower, 156.77 and one-half. April fats, down 60 cents, 160.67 and one-half. And March feeder futures fell 90 cents to 185.65. And finally, February lean hog futures were lower for a seventh consecutive session. Pressure intensified on the drop through the mid-December low of 81.52 and a half. Chart watchers are targeting the bottom of the October 6 upside price gap at 79.15. February lean hog futures 225 lower today, 80.27 and one half. April down a buck 87 and one half, 89.65. Chip. All right, Davis on the week. February live cattle down 112 and one half. March feeders down 57 and a half cents. And as I said at the start of the show, the big loser on the week down 8.47% on the week. February lean hogs down $7.42 and one half cents. Dan Bossy up next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you were with us this afternoon. Davis is here as well. Davis. I am, yeah. I I neglected to mention that there Mm -hmm. is one of the crop slash oilseed slash product markets that did close higher on the week. March soybean meal, as you said in the news, Mm -hmm. posted a new contract high, closed above the previous contract high, Mm -hmm. and on the week gained $6.60 a ton. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, March bean oil this week fell 90 cents. Uh, 90 points. Jeez. Okay. That would be a lot for a market that's at like 63 cents. Mm-hmm. Falling mm-hmm. ninety cents would be way too much. That'd be like crude way oil or something. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it'd be crude oil's higher, by the way. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the ducks upside down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, let's bring him in, Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company. Dan, it is good to talk with you again. How are you? Okay. Don't quite hear Dan yet. We will. So get- the uh, all day breakfast burger. Really, uh, yeah. oh, made an impression yeah. on me. I mean, uh, maple syrup. 
who, who puts maple syrup on a burger? And now I'm now my question is who doesn't put maple <laughs> syrup on. on a burger? Come on. Oh yeah. I should have mentioned it to Haney. Okay. I bet they do it all the time up there in Alberta. <laughs> I bet they do. Up in Alberta? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Huh. I mean, this sounds like something the elf would do. <laughs> that rascally elf. You just yeah. never know. Right. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Have we got Dan yet? Yeah. Just uh, one second here. He'll be right okay. with you. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We are uh, We're in the process of, of getting Dan. Let's take a quick look over here. Nope, they have not started the 14th round yet, and it looks like oh. the 13th round is going to fail as well in the effort to get okay. Kevin McCarthy uh, elected as Speaker of the House. The vote totals right now, McCarthy 214, Jeffries 212, mm-hmm. others 6. That others number looks like it has to be 4 or less to get McCarthy elected, but I, I kind of get the feeling that there's going to be some Democrats that are just – Going to say, you know what, enough is enough. We're just going to step away. And that's another mm-hmm. way to get him elected without having to get to that 218. This is another way to get him elected is if enough Democrats would just decide, I'm not going to vote, mm-hmm. that would lower the threshold uh, to get to the majority of those that cast a vote. And you could get him uh, you could, you could get him elected that way. Bush from Colorado mm-hmm. had to fly back to Colorado, I think, for some surgery. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you don't he, wish that on on anybody. No, he I mean, flew. No, he flew back to Colorado, had the surgery, and I think I heard that he's back in D.C. now. <laughs> wow! And, and made <laughs> his way made his way down to the floor to the vote in the thirteenth round. Wow! Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> quite the effort. Quite the effort there. All oh, right. The free health care was one of those concessions. Yep. Mm. Let's bring him in now. Dan Bossy. How are you, Dan? I'm good, Chip, and I hope you're the same. You bet. We are. We're doing just fine. Just fine. Just jabbering a little bit about uh, some of the chaos that seems to be happening or that is happening in the, in the house. Uh, it, it's fascinating to watch. It's historic. It, we, we're we're watching history being made because it hasn't happened for a hundred years, so it's uh, it's got my attention, no question about that. Dan, well, it should uh, have it should have all of our attention, and and you worry about pending farm bills and other things that are forthcoming uh, because yep. if they can't agree on a speaker, I, I I worry about where we're going legislatively. But we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that that is exactly right, and it's it's not just the inability to elect a speaker. It's what it does to the dynamics in the House and the rules that will need to be followed in the House once the negotiation on that farm bill starts. We had a conversation with uh, Representative-elect Thompson from Pennsylvania, who is expected to be the chairman of the House Ag Committee this morning on AgriTalk, and uh, he's very confident. He's very confident that they're going get to get the bill done before the end of September. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, other crossed, headlines, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, other headlines that were being made this week seem to have had an impact on this this grain market, and that's the headlines out of South America. What's the situation down there, Dan? Well, my office in Sao Paulo, and, and we're we're in the fields, and we're, we're we've been down to Argentina, and you know, there's problems. It's it's really feast or famine. 
So as you think about Mato Grosso and you think about the northern half of Brazil, they are going to have a record soybean yield. And then as you start getting south of Paraná in the Santa Catarina, Rio Grande do Sul, you start to have trouble. And when you get to Argentina, it's just a disaster. And so when you think about uh, what's going on, the markets uh, had this jerky motion in terms of rain last weekend across some areas of Argentina, only about half the crop areas. Uh, and and then, then what's going on to the north? In general, we still believe that the world soybean production will be record large, mostly because of Brazil. But I think, again, the market's very focused on Argentina and rightly so, at least for the next two okay. or three weeks. Okay. Uh, this soybean meal market, as as I said at the start of this segment, on the week, March soybean meal gained $6.60 in a week when soybeans lost 30, 32 cents. And in a week that uh, that bean oil March contract was off 90 points. Is Does that strengthen the meal market have anything to do with what's going on in Argentina? It does. The Argentinian meal base has firmed another $4 a ton. Okay. But more importantly, from my contacts and my clients, is that winter weather that we had around Christmas. Remember how cold it yeah. got? Uh, well, it really had a big impact on the ethanol and the uh, U.S. Uh, soy crush yeah. industry. And they struggled mightily. So they came out of the holiday and they had a lot of orders, but they didn't have the supply to fill them, which caused the basis levels to rally. And I think also gave us the strength in the board relative to January meal futures. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, back to the situation in, in Argentina and Brazil. When you look at that total supply coming out of Brazil, uh, some are arguing that it doesn't that, that it greatly reduces the need for soybean acres in the U.S. for the 2023 season. Are you on board with that thought? I'm really not, because I think if we have heart problems in Argentina, beans from Brazil will get pulled in Paraguay, will get pulled southward to Argentina. They will be big exporters uh, to the rest of the world. And that to us in our work means that the U.S. soybean crop next September, October, November, it, it's available. It becomes more important. So I, I, I guess what I'm saying is Brazil has a record large soybean crop, but logistically, well, that means that the U.S. soybean crop becomes more important next year. And I think the bid for acres, uh, which maybe is why the bean market did better than the corn market this year, is at least on until we head into the February uh, revenue insurance uh, de determination. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be so important in figuring out what that final acreage mix is going to be, isn't it? What well, is and it, it, it's going to keep November soybeans, I think, pinned in this uh, 1375 to maybe 1425 area till we actually get the all clear. Now, if for some reason we come in uh, some Monday morning and uh, uh, Argentina looks like it's going to get some rain, that'll change things a little bit. But our, our Argentinian clients are saying, Dan, it's too late to plant soybeans at this point. We're too far beyond the summer solstice. Indeed, if we go back in the fields, it's going to be to plant second crop corn. So okay. I believe corn would still benefit more than beans, which is why we got to keep the back end of the bean market somewhat propped up. Okay, very good. Uh, we get the WASD update next week, the supply and demand report. In December, USDA had Argentine bean crop at 49.5 million ton. Uh you're thinking something lower than that, aren't you? Yeah, we're thinking 43 or 44 based on our okay. analysis today. So we could lose uh, 6 million metric tons at a minimum, which I think, uh, you know, could be partially offset by a couple million ton fine in Brazil. But I think in a total sense, world soybean stocks will be declining in that WASI report. Okay. okay. Has all this been baked into the bean market? 
Well, this is the trouble. I mean, as we go back and we, we look at bean and corn prices, we're coming into the year at the second highest level ever for the, for the start of a, 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 a calendar. So uh, we got to go back to 2012 when we had a dire drought across the United States to see prices higher. With that in mind, uh, $15 beans has about a $1.50 weather premium in it already. So it's hard for us to get bullish of beans much above $15 believing that some of that premium from Argentina is already built in, Jim. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, we got to be careful here at $15 with a record Brazilian soybean crop on the way. Yeah, you know, and, and the market is is giving you uh, all all the clear signals, I think. Uh, we we had spent a little bit of time above 15 bucks in that March contract, but the sellers really like selling beans with a 15 handle in here. And, and even the specs like selling beans with a 15 handle, don't they? They do. And, and then we got to think about the market that's been keeping us going has been soy meal. And, and, yep. and there we've got a near record long position. We're about eight or 9,000 contracts short of a record. So for some reason, if the meal market ever started to, to see some weakness cash wise, I think we'd see some liquidation from the funds in that center. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We're talking with Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company. Got a a lot of ground to cover. We're going to start off the, the next segment, conversation about renewable diesel. We'll talk about Black Sea supplies, what's going on in China, and we'll wrap up with the uh, expectations for cap. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Australian wheat production is expected to rise to a record 42 million metric tons as yields exceeded already high expectations. The December United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization Global Food Price Index dropped for the ninth straight month. Eurozone inflation tumbled by more than expected last month, but core price pressures actually rose. China will target an increase in its oilseed acreage in 2023. China will auction 140,000 metric tons of wheat from its reserves on January 11. That's the first time uh, Chinese wheat reserves have been sold since the end of November. And one more note on China. They expect the total number of passenger trips made by road, rail, water, and flight during the upcoming Lunar New Year to reach $2.1 billion this year, double last year. TryProFarmer.com Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back. 
I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. We're in the middle of a conversation with Dan Bossy from Ag Resource Company. Before we get back to Dan, let's go ahead and recap where the markets closed, Davis. Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures seven and three quarter cents lower today, eight thirty-two. March soft red wheat slipped three and one quarter cents to seven forty-three and one half. Uh, scrolling downward. There we go. March corn futures <laughs> a penny and a quarter higher, six fifty-four. July corn futures closed at six forty-eight and one quarter, up one and one half cents. March soybean futures twenty-one and three quarter cents higher, but fourteen ninety-two and one half. July beans closed at fifteen oh one and three quarters, up twenty and three quarter cents. On your livestocks, February fat cattle fifty-seven and one half lower, one fifty-six seventy-seven and one half. March feeder futures down ninety cents, one eighty-five sixty-five. And February lean hog futures two dollars twenty-five cents lower, eighty twenty-seven and one half. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip. All right, Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company is uh, our guest analyst today. Dan, the end of November, we finally got the proposed RVOs from EPA, the blending obligations, and the bio-based diesel response was generally negative, that it didn't provide support for the industry going forward, or as much support as what they wanted. It hasn't really changed investment by refiners in the renewable diesel push, though, has it? No, it hasn't. In fact, once a year, and it came out just a couple of days ago, Biodiesel Magazine updates us with plants under construction, and then they do a survey of plants that are being proposed. And I got to tell you, I was just shocked uh, by the plants under construction and proposed. We are going to double renewable diesel capacity by this uh, estimate in the next three years. And so um, even though we can talk about mandates and, and B100 and blending requirements from a federal standpoint, I think it's the California, Washington, Oregon contingency and renewable diesel that is just going to shock people longer term in terms of the yep. demand profile. Um, one of the proposed plants was Phillips 66, a name known to all of us, 800 million a gallon plant uh, proposed in Rodeo, uh, California. So, you know, these are, although it's a proposal, these are companies that have equity and have deep pockets to have their dreams come true. Yeah. And, and they have made changing the pattern or changing the momentum in this now would take something catastrophic. Uh, I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't see how it happens, Chip. I yeah. really don't. Uh, I, either um, will I. I, this, this is going on. And, and, and when you stand back from it all, I know the market, soil market broke on the RBO news, but uh, it was 200 million gallons annually, according to WASD. It wasn't all that much. And our data would agree with that. So, yeah, uh, yeah there's not the, the demand growth there. But when you step back and look at renewable diesel, something that, of course, the, the EPA doesn't forecast, you just have this uh, shock and awe that's ongoing. Yeah in terms of where the capacity is looking for. And, and with oil share, if you will, dropping to 38%, kind of a two-year low today, it, it, it kind of tells me that the oil market here is going to be good value. And, and relative to meal, it's really going to be an opportunity a couple of months down the road. Okay. All right. Excellent. A couple of months down the road, we're going to be thinking about a lot closer to putting some some uh, the crops in the ground. Uh and we've we've got a change in the weather pattern happening. I mean the the way that the storms are busting into the west coast of the U.S. We've got the Pineapple Express up and running here, and and we've got moisture starting to move 
from the Pacific into the U.S., it we're going through the change. What's it mean for us? Well, I, you know, I think for the last couple of years, uh, analysts like myself were betting that maybe U.S. corn and soybean yields would be below trend. And that generally has worked out in La Nina. Now, if indeed uh, we are going to El Nino, which, as you indicate, all of the evidence is very clear that that will be happening. I will take the other side of that and say yields will probably be at or above trend. The problem being is if you think about trendline corn yield this year, it really should be about 183 bushels an acre now. It seems sane to say that's where trend is when the old record yield or the record yield is 177 bushels an acre. But nonetheless, I mean, could we have a 180 something or other corn yield this year? I think the odds are quite good. And if that happens, of course, then there's going to be a, a, a supply availability as we head in the next harvest. But this would be a year that I would be taking the overs on yield, not the unders. Okay. Um, a lot of that will have to do with with how many corn acres are planted and, and how many corn acres are planted in a marginal ground. What uh, Do you have a corn number, acreage number that you're working with? We do. We are uh, in our surveys and our analysis, we're working with uh, 92 million acres of corn this year and uh, 89 million acres of soybeans. So uh, if you put it all together, we're still about that 182 million acres combined. But when you look at it, we do think that the U.S. farmer will invoke uh, crops that are more profitable, corn being number one and then followed by beans. And where the losers are, are going to be crops like cotton, uh, maybe some of the other moderate, minor grains like sorghum and those kind of things. But uh, I think corn and soybeans are going to be quite strong this year in terms of uh, acreage and, and uh, uh, potential for record large crops, at least in the U.S., if Mother Nature cooperates at all. Okay. Had a question from a listener earlier today about saying that the drop in natty gas prices, and I mean, it has been a drop in natural gas prices, should make fertilizer a little cheaper. And he's wondering, do we bet on cheaper fertilizer this spring? What's, uh, what's your thoughts there? Well, I, 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 for years and years, we tried to correlate NAS gas with, with nitrogen. Of course, yeah. the two should be linked rather closely, but they don't seem to correlate very well, Chip. So, you know, I, 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 I understand where he's going and what he's thinking about. But at the end of the day, I can't give you a strong forecast and say that fertilizer prices should come down because natural gas prices have come down. Right. Uh, yeah. that's for, historically, they haven't worked that way. But that being said, I, I, I see that the exports of nitrogen are slowing to Europe. That should give us more availability here in the U.S. And my sense would be that prices will be steady to slightly lower, though I'm not sure I'm going to look for a big break. Gotcha. Okay, excellent. Uh, talk to me about the Black Sea. How is the grain flow? Grain flow is exceptional. I mean, I was calculating today my, my Ukrainian corn export number. They are up over 18 million metric tons. We've already achieved the USDA annual forecast already at the end of December. So exports are relatively good. And when I combined Russia and Ukraine on wheat, we're also setting records. I believe this year that it'll be either right at or right above the prior record, 56 million tons on a Black Sea wheat export. Now, a lot of that is Russia because Russia had a very big crop. But nonetheless, even though there's a war, uh, the Black Sea is still involved very heavily in world grain trade. And I'm not seeing any indication anyway that that will change. The next chance, I guess, would be on March 19th when... Uh, Putin will decide whether to extend it for another 120 days. Okay. Okay. The corridor. That, we're talk- that's what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. yeah, the corridor. Yeah, exactly. That 18 million ton of corn from Ukraine, where's it going? 
It's going to Europe largely, Europe and then North Africa and a few places in the Middle East. China's showing up for a couple million tons. But when you think about Ukrainian corn today, it's trading 10 cents over Chicago. Uh, if you look at the Gulf, it's about $1.20. So Ukrainian corn is somewhere between a dollar to a dollar ten per bushel cheaper than what we're selling out of the Gulf. And that's one of the reasons why people are reaching for Ukrainian corn. Yeah, there's more cost in insurance and freight that will be involved. But overall, if you're looking at Europe in particular, it's a much better ingredient uh, or a much better price for corn than what they could get out of the U.S. or South America. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's jump over to the cattle market here, if we could, Dan, because we included some of your thoughts in the predictions for 2023 on Monday's show. And one of your thoughts is that we could see record cattle prices in 2023. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I mean, if, if indeed we move back into what we consider to be an expansionary phase of the cattle cycle, by that where we're starting to retain she animals, uh, we already are looking at a, an overall herd that's sharply diminished on the cow side of things. So our thought is that as we diminish cow slaughter, as we look at this very tight feeder cattle supply, and then we bring consumer demand forward, we will be looking at record high cattle prices in the spring and early summer. Nearby, I have a little worry about the beef market. The beef market's giving us indications that it could weaken for another three to four weeks before it starts to grab on a seasonal basis. But longer term, based on numbers and based on getting into an expansionary phase, the cattle outlook looks very bullish as we head into the middle of the year. You know, one of the uh, conversations that I had with Greg uh, Henderson from Drover's on yesterday's show, was he was talking about the cutter market, the cutter cow market, you know, call cows yep. uh, that go into making hamburger. And he's kind of thinking that that market's got a high 80s, low 90s kind of feel to it because demand for hamburger is so high right now that if we do cut off the female slaughter, we're going to have to import a bunch of trim and for to grind hamburger here in the U.S., it, it seems it seems like the economy is not slowing down beef demand at all. No, I don't think it is, and I think the only reason beef prices come down is because those middle cuts are not going to be sought. I, I, I agree with them that the selects or the hamburger will be well well serviced, and and when you stand back and you say, okay, where am I going to import that trimmings from? Am I going to yeah. take it from Brazil or Argentina, Australia? There's not a lot of availability from no. any of those countries. And so uh, it's a dilemma that the market has to figure out only through price. Yeah. Yeah. And that high price on those cutter cows or the, the, that could be could stretch this out a little bit further and maybe into 2024. I don't know. Dan, it is always good to talk with you. I'm so glad that you make time for us. Thank you, sir. Well, you're welcome, and Happy New Year to everyone, and uh, let's make it a good one, okay? Let's make it a good one. Good stuff. Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company. Okay, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that fertilizer market and where it might be headed. You know, I think I know somebody that follows the fertilizer market pretty closely. Davis Michelson, his thoughts on fertilizer coming up next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory. Just had a great conversation with Dan, <clears throat> excuse me, Dan Bossi from uh, Ag Resource Company. Good stuff there from Dan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the... Uh, the the thought process that Dan goes through, mm-hmm. okay, the the way that the dots connect. I mean, you know, I when I'm thinking about this big crop coming out of Brazil, I'm getting worried about the incentive to uh, hope to to keep acres in beans uh, in 2023. And we've had other guest mm-hmm. analysts on that have talked about it. If if Argentina has a shortfall on the crop, hmm. their crushers aren't going to mothball right. those crushing facilities. They're going to import as many beans as they can to keep the crush pro- the crush business operating. That makes all the sense in the world. They mm-hmm. you, you you don't take a crush plant down be, because there aren't you, you don't have enough beans. You, you get the beans. There's somebody there that's got one job to do, and that job is to get beans to keep those plants running. So makes all the sense, all the sense. So that that kind of tightens things up a little bit more than what I think people were might anticipate. It does seem like uh, the acreage conversation is well underway. Dan mm-hmm. puts us at 92 million corn, 89 beans for a grand Corn and bean total of 181 million acres. We talked about this yesterday. Right, right. Um, now, he made a couple of comments there because yesterday I, I was pretty well committed to 181 being the top of the range. But when he starts talking about the cotton market and moving some of those acres away from cotton and two soybeans, okay, that easily makes 181 in play. And and could open up a little bit more to the upside on the combination of corn and bean acres. Yeah, yeah. And fertilizer availability, right? Fertilizer availability is going to be mm-hmm. very important. I asked Dan about uh, a question from a listener. And uh, just they're just wondering if the drop in natural gas prices might help us see some lower fertilizer prices later this spring. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? Well, I, I think Dan was exactly right. We would, we would love for fertilizers to act, uh, to act right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. um, 
farmers wanted to follow corn. Uh, analysts and farmers wanted to follow natural gas. My thought is, you know, for one thing, the natural gas market is such a nimble, responsive market uh, that there's just no, you know, fertilizer just sort of lumbers along and gets in these trend patterns and just sort of sticks with that for a while and mm-hmm. mostly driven around by seasonality and, and demand, quite honestly. Yeah. Yep. You know, and of course, supply as well. But I think, you know, just looking at, at natural gas prices down a few ticks, down a, you know, even for a week, two weeks or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to translate into producers um, producing natural gas or producing Fertilizer. nitrogen at a, at a much substantially lower price. Right. Um, right. The, the, and I think Dan's exactly right. And you and I have talked about this a hundred times. Oh, look at that. The Dow's up 700 points all of a sudden. Hey. Um, you and I have talked about this many times that it, there should be a connection between natural gas and fertilizer prices. Nitrogen oh, it'd be prices. great. Yeah. You know, that, that connection should be there because it is a component in which is used in producing the nitrogen. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it's, when, when natural gas prices are affordable to everyone, all right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the uh, uh, set income elderly people that are heating their houses with natural gas, when it's affordable to everyone, it doesn't have much impact. Then demand has more impact on price right. than does the price of natural gas and the inputs into nitrogen. Yep. But when you're $30 in Europe on natural gas and not everybody can afford it, and it has to be reallocated out to, you know, to who can afford it. Yep. And you've got to make decisions over, you know what, we can afford this by charging more for the nitrogen. But is that really the right thing to do when people are going to be freezing? Mm-hmm. You know, there are tough choices that need to be made that reconnected the production of fertilizer and nitrogen to the natural gas price. Yep. Yep. But as the price comes back down, we're going to we're going to break that connection again is mm-hmm. is what i think is going to happen so well and here and here's the thing um to your point you you mentioned you had gotten a text um should i hold out for lower nitrogen prices later on the spring or should i go ahead and pull the trigger now um a couple of things when you almost have to think about it as the inverse of marketing corn and beans corn especially let's just stick with corn because you know corn loves nitrogen Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> Hope is not a strategy. You can get burned really bad thinking, oh, yeah, well, this isn't bad here. I could sell here and make a ton of money, but there might be another nickel in there. Yeah, We're talking about a little bit more than nickels. I get right. that. It would be great to see a $500 drop in anhydrous ammonia. We're not going to get there, gang. We're not going right. to get there. Sideways to slightly lower. I fully agree and endorse uh, Dan Bossy's outlook. Uh, just real quick, just for some perspective, on the year from the 1st of January to today, uh, down a little about 10.1% on NH3, down about 15% on urea. Let's go to P&K. Uh, DAP on the year up 7.5%. Uh, Same deal on MAP. Vitamin K, potash uh, looks like up about 1.6% 
year on year. So a little better on the nitrogen side this year than last year. Um, so, you know, my advice, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a yep. strategy. Very That's good. It. Good work, Davis. Yep. All right. Uh, National Weather Service 6- to 10-day outlook January 12th through the 16th has got above-normal temperatures over the middle of the country, most of the country, but especially in the middle of the country. Above-normal precipitation also expected from southern Minnesota south through the middle of the belt and into the eastern Corn Belt as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Come back Monday morning. We got Machinery Pete and Tom Sell right here on Agritalk.